This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Eban Udana. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Keith Paniff specializes in state government finances for the Connecticut Mirror. He joins us to talk about his article, Best or Worst of Times, the battle to frame Connecticut's finances is underway. Hello, Keith. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You write that Connecticut's long-term debt is expanding, even as state budget surpluses reach historic levels. Could you explain what's going on, especially since you say this might create a problem for future taxpayers? Well, what has been dominating the headlines since about 2018 is that state government is running surpluses again. And that's, don't get me wrong, that's a great thing. By the way, I apologize in advance. This is going to be one of those times we try to make a couple billion dollars seem small. It's all relative. We have probably about $3 billion in our rainy day fund, our emergency budget reserve, which is about equal to 15% of the budget. That's a good thing. But $3 billion is small against $75 billion in long-term debt that we had five years ago and the $95 billion in long-term debt that we have now. And the problem is, while our budgets, our annual budgets have been running surpluses, part of, not the only reason, part of the reason they've been running surpluses is because we have been scaling back what we are required to pay into our pension funds. It's still going up, but not as much as it's supposed to. If I had to grope for an analogy, Abong, I'd say it's sort of like you're borrowing, you're taking out a loan from the bank and you're putting money in your savings account and then you're crowing about how your savings is growing. Well, it's growing, but not necessarily in the best possible way. So while we have been running up budget surpluses, we have been refinancing our pension debt, meaning basically we've agreed to pay in less than we were originally planning to. But when you do that, that means future generations, the kindergarten classes all over Connecticut, when they get older, they're gonna have to pay in all the difference, everything between now and the next 15, 20 years that we didn't pay in that we should have, they will have to make up that, plus all the lot, what the uh, actuaries call the lost investment opportunity, all the earnings that we didn't achieve by depositing that money in the pension funds, because if you don't deposit it, you can't invest it. And my last point is, they'll have to make up what we didn't put in, the earnings we missed, the earnings on the earnings, the earnings on the earnings on the earnings, and so on, compounded over 15 to 20 years. That gets you into the billions of dollars. Wow. So how's this being used to frame this year's gubernatorial election, considering that incumbent Democrat Ned Lamont is the first governor to achieve the legal maximum rainy day fund allowed by the state. I mean, is that not something he can run on in in November? It is. I don't think either side wants to sort of give everyone the full perspective. The reason we refinance these pensions is because we saw the projections and by the late 2020s, we were going to have to put so much money into our pension funds that it was just think of them as leeching resources away from everything else people care about, schools, healthcare, transportation. Instead of going there, 
more and more of that money would end up going into the pension funds. At some point, we knew we had to refinance them. But again, we're not at those spike periods yet. Those projected spike periods were still probably about five to six years away. So what we did is we would go into the pension funds over the last few years. We'd look at those schedules. We'd reduce the amount we were planning to pay in the spike years in the late 2020s. Then, again, as I mentioned, ask taxpayers in the 2030s and 2040s to pay off everything we're not going to put in plus interest. If we did that and just that, it would be okay. But while we were in the pension funds, smoothing out the payments in the late 2020s, we also said, you know, we could use a break today. And since we're already asking our kids to help us with the late 2020s, they can help us with a break now as well. So then we turned around and we lowered them lower than they should have been for the, for the years that we're in right now. Hmm. That is the part that's harder to defend politically. The refinancing at some point was going to have to get done. It's the amount of refinancing we did that probably Governor Lamont and Bob Stefanowski are going to be battling about and trying to figure out a way to explain it to the voters. Now, you just mentioned Bob Stefanowski. He lost to Lamont in 2018, and he's likely to be the Republican challenger again this year. What's he saying? And let's talk a little bit about the fiscal cliff that is possibly going to happen when federal funding runs out. Okay. I think what Bob Stefanowski is doing is the same thing Governor Lamont is doing. And, and they're trying to give a very short version, which, which doesn't have all the perspective. You are very patient. Let me run through all that. Governor Lamont will boil it down very quickly to, hey, we're running up big surpluses. And that's all you need to know. Bob Stefanowski will say, hey, do you know our overall debt has exploded and we'll be paying it off until about 2050? And that's all you need to know. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, what that means is, in, in the short term, is both people are going to try to see if their message, either in the case of Governor Lamont, makes people optimistic, or in the case of Bob Stefanowski, scares them more. I, I should have mentioned what that did give us is some more predictability in the budget. We know at least where the pain is coming, but we've only seen under this refinance system what good economic times look like with the stock market. Once we go into a real traditional recession where the stock market plunges, then we're going to see what a bad state budget looks like. We haven't seen that yet. As far so as the, the, four the, years, cliff, the past four years, it's, it's been an up market all the way through. Correct. And just when you mentioned the cliff, Right now, if the up market trends continue, that cliff is not that bad. That's been the, the market's kind of whittled that cliff down to a speed bump. The, as you point out, the, the budget we're in right now, the two-year cycle is being propped up with about $3 billion in federal money. Believe it or not, the projected surpluses for the next two years will be enough to smooth out most of that $3 billion. When, it goes, when the federal money goes away, we'll have state money to replace it. If, however, and, and I don't know, you don't know, the war in, in, in uh, the Ukraine, if, for example, that really gets the stock market to continue to correct and continue to plunge, you could see state tax receipts drop off very, very, very quickly. And by the way, when they drop off quickly, not only do tax receipts go down, but the amount of money you have to put in the pensions go up because the pensions the contributions are determined by how the pension investments are doing. Well, they're all invested in the stock market. So it can turn very fast. Wow. So bottom line, it's the best 
or worst of times, depending on how you look at it. Thank you, Keith. The answer is both. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Keith. Keith Bannon specializes in state government finances for the Connecticut Mirror. His article is titled, Best or Worst of Times? The battle to frame Connecticut's finances is underway. Long Story Short comes from WSHU Public Radio and the Connecticut Mirror. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org or wshu.org. I'm Eban Udama.